You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Good evening. Welcome to Love Logical DNA Not Required. This is Michelle L. Anderson coming to you live from Podcast Detroit Royal Oak Studios. We are looking forward to intriguing and entertaining you every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Let me start today's show by saying thank you for joining our family, which is biological by nature, love logical by choice, DNA not required. Well, hello, 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 everybody. Thank you for joining us this evening on the Love Logical DNA Not Required podcast. And I want to apologize for not being here last week, but everybody know what season this is. So, you know, when people are getting sick this time of year. But we are back today for the last Tuesday of Adoption Awareness Month. And we have a fabulous, fabulous guest guest with us tonight, Miss Kathleen Garrison. Hi. And Terika. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) And her love logical daughter, Terika. Hi. I called her Tarika a minute ago. She says, no, it's Terika. <laughs> so I said, if I say it wrong on the mic, you have, you just correct me like you just did. <laughs> so Terika is interested in being a journalist. So we are going to be doing everything we can to support that. And so tonight is her first time on a live podcast. So she's going to be writing shows for us eventually so we go we gonna claim that one yes (laughs) so terica how old are you i'm 17 you're 17 okay you're a senior in high school yes okay and tell us what do you like to do in school Mm -hmm. well in school come a little bit closer um i like to go to class and I like to interact and my favorite class is English because I like to read and write and I like to you know socialize because back when I was like in middle school Mm -hmm. I really didn't socialize that much but now I like came out more you know Make friends. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you, if you had to give someone advice or give them a, just a little bit of awareness, adoption awareness, what advice would you give to someone who's 17 who's out there and looking to be adopted? What advice would you give them? Well, the advice I would give them is that to don't worry about what's happening now to look into the future because things will get better and to set goals for yourself. So in the future, you can like do things that you want to do and not worry about being with different family because you'll be able to like adapt and not have to worry about what the family is going to do and just, you know, follow their rules so you can, get along with the family. That's a good answer. Mm -hmm. 
Look, I'm like I'm over here like Steve Harvey. Good answer. <laughs> good answer. That was a very that was very good wise advice that you Thank gave. You. Very good wise advice. So if you're wondering why I ask, um, Terica is has been adopted by Kathleen, mm-hmm. and she started off in her home as her her love logical foster daughter. Yes, Kathleen is a foster to adopt mother, and is still currently a foster parent. Yes, and. This woman is amazing. She has a huge love logical heart. And she was raised in foster care herself. Yes. So share with us, how old were you when you went into foster care? I was um, like seven or eight, Mm -hmm. but I was also raised by my big mama from two, from age two. Mm -hmm. So... From there, I went to foster care about eight till about 12. Okay. And she said something that we we talked last night. And when she said big mama, I said that kind of, that touched me. Because for those of you who are a little younger, when you think, when you hear big mama, you think of Martin Lawrence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Medea. Medea. But we had real big mamas. Yes. So you were with your big mama up until Mm -hmm. seven or eight, Mm -hmm. and then you were within the system up until 12. Yes. And I know that was hard for you. It had to be hard. Yes. But you have such a huge heart. So what happened after 12? Um, After 12, I finally was returned to my mom. Mm -hmm. I went home to my mother. Um, and I was in and out, you know, we had a lot of things going on, um, with her, um, she did what she could do. Mm-hmm. And, um, I would end up sometimes with, um, other aunts, you know, my mother sings and she sings really well. Okay. Like my mom, I love my mom's voice. So, and our family was like her choir. So I had Auntie Vivi, Auntie Val, Auntie this, Mm -hmm. Auntie, you know, just aunts everywhere, you know. So um, I would go back and forth to them when things got a little rough, you know, but around 12 is when I was actually stable, you know, with my mom up until like the age of 15 Mm -hmm. when I got pregnant. And then I moved to um, one of our saints. I call her Mama Tina. Okay. Um, I moved to her home at about 15. And she helped me from that process. And then I was on my own at 18. Wow. And that had to be, that had to be hard. But you look at you, look at you, you know, and what made you decide to become a foster parent? And as a love logical parent, what mm-hmm. made you become take children into your home? Well, of course, it starts with my big mama. Mm-hmm. Um, my big mama, she was just love. When you look at her, she was love. And a lot of, you know, she was a big mama. We got our butts booked. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We got, she got us, you know, <laughs> punishment and all that. But also that wasn't like. The stain, you know, for me, getting whoopings wasn't what, you know, I remember the most. Right. I remember the hugs. I remember the being picked up. And she was older. She wasn't a young, you know, she was like 60 something or Mm -hmm. something like that. Older, caring for a two year old and my brother, which was four, you know, he was there all his life. But, Mm -hmm. um, 
caring for us. And she was mom. You know, we did gardens, you know, went fishing, road trips. I mean, just everything. We never were hungry. Um, and she, we went to church. You was going to go to church mm-hmm. uh, if you didn't want to go to church. You went to church sleep. You went to church woke. You went. To, you just went to church. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everything was church. And not only did you go to church, but we had church in the home. We had Bible class on Wednesdays. And then we watched Highway to Heaven together. Mm-hmm. My big mama was into families. And everybody knew that if they needed something, they can come to my big mama's house. Um, and I just experienced so much love there. And when I went to foster care, it vanished. Okay. Like I have never been able to, you know, get that type of love, you know, that I got from her. So I was always in a seek for that. Mm-hmm. And I realized that that's where a lot of people are. They're in a seek for love, you know, and especially foster children because you go through that part of being in an environment and then now you're in somebody else's environment and it's not familiar to you and you have to adapt and it's a struggle mm-hmm. um, there. And that's where people are um, depressed and, you know, feel neglected and go through the abandonment stuff, you know, feelings. And um, from that, when I got older, I was just always like, I'm going to be like my big mama. I'm going to have people because everybody came and stayed with her. Mm-hmm. I have um, cousin brothers and cousin sisters, you know, because my big mama raised generations of us, you know. And to this day, they're my cousin sister or cousin brother because they were family and we just were raising the house as brother and sister. And I just want my children and others to feel that love that I had in my big mom's home because it was the best. It was literally the best love. You know, she just knew how. Hugs was not an issue. Mm-hmm. She hugged you and you didn't want to be hugged. She'd take you outside and chase you around in the yard. She'd play jump rope with you. You know, she was just, she was a big mom. She was mom, you know, and I want to have that spirit. I want to be like that to other people. And I, you know, I try to be like that to my kids. Um, it was the best feeling ever, you know. Yeah, I, I remember Big Mamas. You mm-hmm. know, it was um, spending the summer down in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Okay, with Big Mama. Mm-hmm. You know all the love that you got, but you would also get in trouble if you mm-hmm. did something wrong. Mm-hmm. She didn't. She didn't. She didn't spare her 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 mouth mm-hmm. or anything else. She would. She would tell you if you were doing something wrong. Exactly. And when she said you were going to get in trouble, there was no forgetting. Mm -mm. You got it. Surprise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, you see, Mm -hmm. you're young. You don't you don't have that big mama that we used to have growing up. Mm -hmm. And I really think that children are missing out by not having that. Mm -hmm. But the love that you're giving that within itself means a lot. How old were you when you decided to become a, a foster parent? Um, whew, I got to tell my age. No. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm it was sorry. 2012. Okay. No, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was I? If this is 2019, uh, like. You was 38. Th- how you remember? <laughs> I was 38. <laughs> 38. And uh, I wanted to do it before then, mm-hmm. you know, um, but then going to school, I was undecided. I just knew I wanted to be for kids. I didn't know how it would be. Um, foster care was the best thing for me. So I didn't know how to get in. And of course, um, when I finally started that process, that's where we met our mm-hmm. mutual friend. And um, she just showed me kind of how to do it, what to do. And I've been like, yes, because I was a teacher um, as well. Okay. A sub in a school. Um, and 
I loved it. I loved being around the kids and I helped, I loved, you know, those uh, what they call left out ones or picked on ones. You know, it seemed like I could, you know, relate to them. And with that, it was like, this is where foster care for me is. I can relate. So I want to do something that I can relate to, you know, mm-hmm. and I just did it. That's and boy, nice. did I do it. <laughs> so six years. Two people, yes. Six years. Have you been with her the entire six years? Yes. Okay, that's how you knew how old she was when you came. <laughs> and how did your life change when the two of you met? It changed a lot because before I was a bad kid. I was bad. I used to, like, fight and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I came to Miss Kathleen, if it was different, it took me, like, a while to get with the process, but it really didn't take long. And I liked it. It was fun. We, you know, laugh and play. And then being around other kids, like, it made me more, you know, social. And I liked it. It was really good. Okay. So it really, it transformed your life in a lot of ways. Yes. So Miss Kathleen gets silly. See, yes. I get, I get silly, too. <laughs> you get real silly. <laughs> but I think that's what makes being in a house together fun mm-hmm. is when you can get silly and, you know, laugh and joke and just do crazy stuff. Because I'll mm-hmm. bust out and dance in a heartbeat. That's her. <laughs> that's you. That's you. <laughs> you they say that's her and me. she says you. So which one is it? Both of you? No, it's <laughs> you. You do that. They try to teach me how to dance. I have no rhythm, so they laugh at my non-rhythm. Well, you got, you you dance to the rhythm of your own beat all the time. Yeah, <laughs> the beat in my head. <laughs> so let's see. So when 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 Terica, that's Eric. Okay, I got yeah. got to go. It's, it's saying one thing in my head, so I got to make sure it comes out my mouth the right way. So when Terica came mm-hmm. six years ago. How many children did you have? Because you said that you're getting used to being around other kids. So how many children were in the house? When she first came, it was her and her sister. Her and her sister were my first foster. So I got uh, licensed as a foster care worker in the same week. We got two for you. I was like, oh, I, oh two? Okay. You know, um, I was excited about it. But um, I always had my nieces and all of those. So I would always have a house full of kids, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, when she came, it was just her and her sister at first, and then my son would, you know, mm-hmm. frequent mm-hmm. Um, the home. But um, that was it. Her, but I a nieces, so sometimes we'd be ten of us there, and we, they'd be spending the night. Okay. So we would have like we would have major fun. Did you build forts? Did we? No, 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 no we forts. Okay, Mm-mm. played, but a lot of sleepovers and and playing and everything. Yeah, see, that's fun. That's yeah. that's that's fun stuff. Yeah. Yes. Trips. Now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, what kind of trips? We went to Atlanta twice. Mm-hmm. We went to Philadelphia, Chicago, mm-hmm. Ohio, Delaware, Wilmington. Maybe we just went there. Washington. Oh, yeah, Washington. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
We've been to so many places. That's good. Yeah, we like road trips. See, I like getting in the car and going too. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. taking a taking a, a road that I've not been on before to see mm-hmm. where it's gonna take me. Okay. Yeah, I was told to stop doing that by myself though. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna need you to stop. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to stop doing that. <laughs> Don't worry, you got a whole family that'll go with you. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. I, I enjoy road trips, you yeah. know. Yeah. Getting up in the morning just deciding to go somewhere at the last minute is mm-hmm. it's a good thing to do. So you like sitting in the car for hours on end? Yeah. I like to relax mm-hmm. and just write. What was your favorite part of going to DC? I like looking I like looking at the monuments in the White House. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. But it was just a lot of traffic and roads are terrible there. Always. It's always <laughs> traffic. I don't care what time you go through DC, it's traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the motorcades. Yeah. Oh, you did get a <laughs> oh, chance yeah. to see the yeah, motorcade. Like two or three of them, you know, come mm-hmm. police come with the, you know, it was like, oh, there goes the president, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So you got a chance to see that. That's that's actually good. Now, I know you are phenomenal because a lot of a lot of families don't travel like that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's easy to plan and just do something, mm-hmm. especially your trips sound educational. Yeah. You know, you like to go educational places. Most times, that's what ends up happening. Mm-hmm. You know, Washington, I wanted to go to the museum. So we were able to do that. And, you know, I have a godmother who's, like, educational, just diva. Mm-hmm. She's just education, 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 social justice and all that. So she really, you know, kind of planted that seed mm-hmm. there to help them get an understanding education-wise teaching them about our history and all of that. She makes a big deal out of it. So I have no choice mm-hmm. <laughs> but to make sure they know, you know, that information. So all even my three-year-old, he he knows. History is good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really good to learn, especially when you're learning. I like the fact that history is being rewritten mm-hmm. in many ways now yeah. because now we're learning the truth. Mm-hmm. So the stories that are coming out that we knew as children, we're finding were not true stories. Right. So as a journalist, that would be something that you would write on. Do you know what you want to specialize in as a journalist? Well, I was thinking about writing magazine articles mm-hmm. for like fashion magazines because I like fashion too. Okay. So I was thinking about doing that. Awesome. Now, you were saying to that children should set their goals, you know, and worry about where they're going as opposed to where they are if they're still, if they're living in a foster home. And that just be patient when it comes to being in the home because things do change. Yes. And you told us that. You you were you gave her some problems when you first came in, and then you adapted. See, her face softened up on that. <laughs> she softened up. I got it. She softened up. So you gave her some problems in the beginning. What changed you? What made you change to where you decided that you were st- going to stop fighting? You were going to stop doing those things. You said you were bad, but I I don't I doubt if you were very bad. But what changed you to where you became? 
what you see yourself as a better person? Well, going to church changed me a lot because I didn't used to go to church a lot. Mm -hmm. But when I looked around, people was being happy and I decided to just be happy and stop getting mad about everything because the situation that I was in, it wasn't worth being mad every day about. So I decided to just let it go. Mm-hmm. And just be a better person. So you were mad about your past. Okay. And you decided to accept your present and build your future. Yes. That's awesome. And church helped you do that. What was it about church other than people being happy? Was it just was it the happiness that really got to you? Yeah, and knowing more about God mm-hmm. and praying. Because it shaped me to be better than what I was before. Mm -hmm. So it was good. Okay. And so now you're looking at going on to college, studying journalism. How 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 much younger or older is your sister? She's three years older. She's 20. Okay. Okay. And... You two still have a close relationship? Not really. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm sure as as you both grow, things will come and you'll bring it back together again. You know, so how many siblings do you have at home right now? <laughs> Is that mean you got to count them? <laughs> Four. Okay. Yes, yeah, four. Okay. And are you the oldest? No. Okay. And so how many do you have that's younger than you? Three. Okay. So how does it feel to be a big sister instead of a little sister? It feels good because I get to control. <laughs> <laughs> She the boss. <laughs> you, you get to control them. Yeah, because I tell them to stop, sit mm-hmm. down. But it's fun because, you know, they little kids and I like to play around with them and stuff. So it's pretty fun. That's good. That's good. And so I'm going to go back over to you. So you two came together six years ago mm-hmm. in a fostering situation. And out of the four children that you have, how many have you adopted? Three? Three. You've mm-hmm. adopted three. And you have a fourth one now mm-hmm. that's that's still part of the system, part mm-hmm. of within the fostering system. Yes. How was the adoption process for you? Whew. I will say Terika's adoption was easy. Okay. I think we started the process and it was done like within three, four months. It okay. was like really easy when, when she had the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. Did you two talk about it before you decided to yes. um, officially adopt her? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. We had a conversation um, and we had to, we really had to talk about it because of the um, surrounding situations that was happening. Okay. Um, you comfortable with me talking about it? You sure? Mm-hmm. 
So um, in that process, um, her mom's rights were terminated. Okay. And her mom was deceased. She had um, just um, like within a week or two before or after. I don't remember if the um, adoption was first or if her mom, you know, had passed first. And I want to say her mom had passed first. Um, but it was like weeks there. So we had talked about it and it was a little, um, a little, um, surprising because, you know, it was mom had kind of, we thought she was gone. We didn't know where she was for a while. So then that process, you know, things started happening. So we had to end up talking about what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. Mm-hmm. And she was okay with that. Um, and we just moved forward from there. Um, then we, you know, my other baby, Mari, I started him early, way early, and his didn't get done till after hers. So it was like a two year process for him. And it was, it was the worst process in the world. So I'm sorry for your loss of your mom, your biological mom. I know what that feels like because I've lost my mother at a young age too. So mm-hmm. I definitely knows what, know what that feels like. And, but what made the process, what made one process so much easier and the other one a two-year process? You okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, you sure? All right. And the other one a two-year process? The workers. Okay. So I just, you know, sometimes that process can be hard. <laughs> um, uh, documentation, court, and all that, um, it can be rough. Mm-hmm. And then you have to wait to make sure no other family members come forward and all that kind of stuff. Um, then in the system itself, there's a lot of turnaround. Mm-hmm. So one worker stopped working, another one came on, the adoption you know, workers. So I had never done the adoption process before. So in the process of it, I wouldn't hear from anybody for like three or four months. And it's like, okay, well, they told me they would do my paperwork and that it was going to take, you know, a long time. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking this is the time. And it really wasn't. They didn't have anybody working on my case because the worker had left or whatever, moved Mm -hmm. on. So it was a lot of that miscommunication. Um, And then the holdup would be that now my stuff is expired. So now I have to go and redo everything again. And it was just... Um, they put the wrong type of fingerprint request in. It was a lot um, to go with my my baby boy. Wow. But Terika's worker was just like. Just on it. On it. She was like, give me the paperwork. What did I was, you know, we probably could have had it done in a month if it was possible because mm-hmm. I was the hold up then. I was so frustrated, you know, with that process. But her um, adoption worker actually helped me handle mine, you know, with mentally, like, because I was. I went to court and I was just very upset, even though I, you know, I was blaming all of them. Mm-hmm. But stuff happened once I started um, in foster care, because not only am I a foster work um, um, mother, but also I was a foster care worker and okay. a foster care supervisor. So you really learned so, the process that way, too. Yeah. Once mm-hmm. I got into the actual working, it's like, oh, this is, you know, oh, I understand now. This is all these different processes. And then the turnaround is so great in human services, period. Um, social services, it's a great turnaround because of the job, the stress of the job. Um, people are advancing quickly or whatever. So there's a lot of vacancies. So those areas, you know, we need help. Caseloads. Yes. Yeah. Caseloads yes. are, are mm-hmm. really crazy. I know mm-hmm. that um, 
if there's anyone who's out there listening, and I'm going to sidebar here for a mm-hmm. second, I do know that there is a foster agency that is looking for caseworkers. So if you're curious, you w- want more information, then you can reach out to me on via IM on Facebook or at info at lovelogical.com. So I want to make sure that I put that in there while we're talking. So I want to ask you, Terika, when Kathleen asked you about being her daughter, being adopted into her family, what was your first thought? Um, my first thought, I was thinking... Okay, mm-hmm. like I don't remember because it was a while ago. Okay, but I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. And then going through the process, did you feel like the process was taking too long for you, or were you like ready for it to just to happen? Or I was just letting it flow. Just let it flow because I really didn't know anything about the process, mm-hmm. so I was just. Just letting it go. Now, when the process was finalized, Mm -hmm. you both go to court together, correct? Mm -hmm. And, Tara, can you tell us what happened when you went to court? Well, we went in the courtroom, and it was a judge, and she said, I forgot, (laughs) something about, do you take Tara as your daughter? And she said yes, and that's all I can remember. Okay, okay. Did you like pass out it with excitement, and that's why you? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you didn't jump up and down and scream or anything, or no? I was happy though. Okay, mm-hmm. very happy inside. That's good. That's really good, and. What do you call? What do you call her? What do you what what's, what's your what do you call her? I call her Miss Kathleen. Miss Kathleen. Okay. All right. I know my love logical children. They call me Miss Michelle too. Mm-hmm. Um, my older children just call me Michelle sometimes, Ma, but they call me Miss Michelle too. And at first, I said, I wonder if they still call me Miss Michelle because they don't see me as Ma, mm-hmm. but I realize they see me as Ma. It's respect and it's familiarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where um, she coming in foster first. Uh-huh. Um, we did have that conversation on what they can call me. Mm-hmm. And I, you can call me Miss Cat, Miss Kathleen, whatever. Just don't call me Kathleen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was like, no. So um, she chose, you know, Miss Kathleen and it was fine. And when the adoption, you know, happened, I was okay with that. You know, Miss Kathleen is what she's always called me. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's our comfortable. That's our language. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went through that part of, am I her mom? Does she really, you know, is she really thinking I'm her mom or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and we had conversations about it because I think that was one of our, my my biggest challenges mm-hmm. um, with this whole adoption and, you know, fostering is that mother figure, you know, do she look at me as a mother or do she hate me because of the situations, you know? And 
sometimes you have to watch your surroundings and watch who you know is around you, mm-hmm. and you have to know your household. And mm-hmm. that's what I had to establish with her. Like we see people all the time, and sometimes people will feed that. Why she call you Miss Kathleen? You, you didn't raise me. No. We have our own special bond. She refers to me as mom, you know, in the school system. Where's your mother? My mom, you know, mom's over there. Or, mm-hmm. You know, she'll tell my, my other sons, you know, mom's over, mom wants you or, you know, whatever. And we've had the conversation of how she feels. And I let her know you don't have, it's not a force, Mm-mm. you know, or anything like that. If you feel like I'm auntie or whatever, you know, it's fine. I don't want to put mother as the position and then you feel like I'm something else. So you let me know. Right. And she would write me the beautifulest cards about, oh. you know, being mom. And she still draws. Okay. You know, me I you know, every birthday and I look forward to it. Um store bought cards are wonderful, but I love the penmanship. I love the artistic side of her and she has my other babies doing it. You know, they write their cards and they you know, it comes from the heart and it's, you know, drawn and I don't look for perfection. I just, this is in your heart. It's my heart now, you know. Look at big so, sister. Yeah. <laughs> and she's a really, really good example with that. You I know? see. Yeah. I see. Big sister up there doing her mm-hmm. thing. I like she's that. The best. Yeah. I like that. What made you decide to write cards and stuff? Because a lot of young people don't want to do cards anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I like to draw. Mm-hmm. And the store-bought cards, they don't have what I want them to have on it, so I have to do it myself. What are you looking for on a card that you that you feel like they don't have? Educate, though. Like, creativity, because <laughs> mm-hmm. they all just look the same. And I like to put, like, pizzazz on it. Okay. <laughs> Most of them don't. So you're going to have to start your own card line. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Tarika. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, you got to start your own card line mm-hmm. then. That sounds awesome. You know, it's 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 very interesting because you don't get the opportunity to speak to younger people your age who have gone through the phase of, you know, foster to adoption. Mm-hmm. And is glad I, I'm glad to hear that it's a positive relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and that you're happy to be there and you enjoy being the big sister. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's really cool. One know? thing that she does, too, is help my foster children adapt. OK. And that's a big thing that she does, you know, and she helps keep me balanced sometimes. OK. Because I'd be ready to just and why are they doing this and what? And she's my other head. Mm-hmm. Should I say, you know, she's that old soul. She's that, you, you know, yeah. leader. And she has that ability. She'll help me, you know, like sometimes I process things to her and I'm like, what? Why? What? You know, and she's, well, maybe that's just what she was used to. Or maybe, you know what I'm saying? She, and I'm like, don't tell me because I want to be mad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, here you come with the voice of reason. You know, I don't want to hear that. You know, but that's, she's, she's got wisdom. And yes, you can she tell does. she's got wisdom. Yes, she does. So that's very, it's understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, how old were you when you went into the foster system? Do you mind sharing? I was nine. You were nine? So how many homes were you in before? Just one. Okay. So you were very, very fortunate that that Miss Kathleen was your second home. And we're not going to go into the first home, just the fact that you went in there when you were nine, mm-hmm. and then you went to Miss Kathleen at 11, correct? 
nine. Oh, still nine. Okay, you were still nine. Mm -hmm. Turning ten. Okay, okay. So you've mm -hmm. been with her for for a long time. So that's that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. See, you you had many 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 blessings bestowed upon you with that one, didn't you? Mm -hmm. And then you got all the cousins and everything. And I love your cousin sister and your cousin brother. <laughs> I love that. I've not heard anybody say that. Before. Oh yeah, I the cousin sister and the cousin mm -hmm. brother. Yes. So when I was talking to um, to Kathleen on the phone, and I was asking her about her thoughts on the term love logical. Mm -hmm. So did she explain love logical to you? Okay. No. Love logical is it's the embracing of your non biological familiar relationships, your family. That's foster, adopted, blended, and extended families. So, and our tagline is DNA, not required. So basically saying that family is from the heart, you know, and it's only logical that you love someone as your family. So that's where Love Logical came from. My Love Logical grandson said, Grandma, how are you my grandma if you're not my mother's mama? And the next morning, I woke up with Love Logical coming off of my tongue. So I said that God gave it to me. Mm -hmm. And then when I came up with the definition, the DNA not required came out. So he gave me that too. So that's where it comes from. So what are your thoughts on a term Love Logical? What do you think about it? I think that it's a good way to tell like foster children or children that have been adopted that it's okay that they're not your biological family because they still love you. Mm -hmm. And they always love you because they took you in. So you think that being referred to as their love logical child, you would, you would like that? Because you are Kathleen's love logical child. She's your, she's your love logical mom. And according to my terminology, you know, I mean, she's your mom. But if there's any, you know, like she was saying that, you know, sometimes people saying you call her Miss Kathleen or Miss this, but love logical is also another term that you can use. And this is my love logical mom, if that'll make you feel better, you know? Mm -hmm. So could you see, could you see yourself using it somewhere down the road or? Yes. Yes. I told her that I want her to write an article for Love Logical from her perspective because as a budding journalist, I want to help in every way that I possibly can. And I have a Love Logical brother who actually is a journalist in New York. You know, I'm very proud of him. And it took a lot for him to get to New York because that's still one of the journalistic cap capitals, mm -hmm. you know. A lot of papers, newspapers and magazine articles and everything have, they've stopped with the paper print and they're online now, mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons why I like my Oprah because I do, I'm like you, I like to touch the magazine. Mm -hmm. I like to, I like to turn the pages and I'm very odd that I actually read some magazines from the back to the front. And to this day, I don't know why I do that, <laughs> but I start from the back and then I'll read what I want to read, but I'm looking from the back first. So call me weird. I don't know. 
But one of the things that I wanted to share is my mother had foster children when I was growing up. So I have my foster brothers and sisters. And even now I have, you know, Taronda and Morris. And we may not talk to each other every day, but we love each other. Mm -hmm. And we're there for each other when needed, you know. And I have my biological siblings, but my love logical siblings mean a lot to me, mm-hmm. you know, and they came into my house the same way you came into Kathleen's house. And my mother didn't didn't adopt them, but she was in the process of adopting um, Bangladesh when my mother actually passed away. Mm-hmm. So I truly understand how special it is for you to be in a home that's filled with love. And I understand from, from Taronda's and Morris's perspectives mm-hmm. because Taronda said that she's a mom like she is because, you know, my mother mm-hmm. gave and showed that love. Because my mother was like a big mama. Mm-hmm. She did. She operated like a big mama. She yeah. really did. She loved everybody. I told you last night, we had the Kool-Aid house. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we had the Kool-Aid house. We had the backyard. We had the downstairs. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the den with the television. So, you know, it was some place for everybody to go and just, just play and hang out and have a good time. And I didn't have, my brothers and sisters are 10 to 14 years older than I am. So to have them come into the home, that was good for me because it gave me somebody to talk to Mm -hmm. and confide in and everything else. You know, like you were saying, you have your little brothers and sisters, you know, that gives you you, that makes you empowered, you know, because you're taking you're educating them and you're loving them. So you're the big sister or like you said. You get to control them. <laughs> She's the controller. <laughs> now, you have three under you. So we've heard about your little brother. And he is how old? It's two of them. Um, we have a three-year-old and a six-year-old. A three-year-old and a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Now, Kathleen is, we were just saying before the show, Kathleen has a Caucasian child in her home. Yes. And we were saying that that was something that is still fairly new mm-hmm. within the fostering system. Yeah. You know, so when we say fairly new, I was thinking 10, 15 years and you were saying, no, it's newer than Maybe. that. Really? I believe so. Yeah. I don't know the statistics, yeah. but I want to say it's like probably newer than that. I'm happy to see that, though, because mm-hmm. as we were saying, it used to be that Caucasian children weren't placed into African-American homes. Mm-hmm. And now but African-American children were, you know, were consistently placed in Caucasian homes. So now it's you know, it's something that everyone is is going wherever there's a space and where it's needed. Mm-hmm. What I want to see are more love logical homes like yours to where children come into the home and they're loved and they're cared for and they don't want to leave. They want to stay. Yeah. They want to stay. Mm-hmm. You know, they're asked if, you know, you ask, you know, Terika if she wanted to, to be adopted and like, yes. Mm-hmm. And she said she was happy, mm-hmm. very happy the day that the judge brought the two of you together and merged you into a love logical home. Mm-hmm. 
which you already was, but that just, that made it legal. Right. And it made it forever final. Right. You know, so, you know, she's about to watch you go to college. Yay. Well, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's back up. (laughs) 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 We got home, we got prom coming up. Mm -hmm. You started on the dress yet? No, Not I yet. don't know what's. Come um, on now, we doing fashion. You looking <laughs> at Vogue and all that stuff? I want to see the dress. So we got we got prom coming up. I'm doing prom mm-hmm. in my house too. I got two. Mm-hmm. I got love logical and biological both graduating this year. So we got prom. Then we got college. What college you going to for journalism? Well, after Wayne State mm-hmm. is like my number one, and then. Eastern Michigan and Central Michigan. Are okay. Like the top three. You want to stay on campus or you want to stay at home? From Don't my- look at her. <laughs> look, look at me. Don't look I at her. I want you at home. No. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at me. Don't look at her. She's not over there right now. Right. <laughs> um, I have to see. Probably for my first year, I might stay home because mm-hmm. I'm going to still be 17. But probably when I turn 18, I'll probably stay on campus because I'm probably not going to be ready yet. Okay. Lisa, you know, you do have a lot of wisdom. You have a lot of wisdom. All right. I love it. I love it. And then, um, so you're going to study journalism? Yes. Okay. And then um, after that, do you want to stay here in Michigan? Or you want to travel, or like they see on television, it's just between you and me. <laughs> <laughs> She's not over there. It's just between us girls. Right. <laughs> uh, I might start traveling because mm-hmm. I would love to do that, but I, I, I'm gonna wait to travel. I wait till I turn like twenty one, really, or twenty two. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna tell you, my friend's daughter goes to U of M, and she graduated from high school at 16. That girl has traveled every year. She's 20 in her senior year of college, and she just got back from Thailand. She found that in college, somehow, some way, and I'm gonna ask her because she really needs to write a book. Somehow, some way, she has had every trip financed, and she's been all over the world. They've all been school, school-designated trips. So she was safe and everything. So my advice to you, when you're ready, travel. If you have an opportunity, take it. If the school says we're going to send you to Bangladesh, go. And make sure they got a ticket for your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. If they say we got it, we want you to go as a delegate for whatever for Hawaii, go. Because the whole world is at your disposal. Mm-hmm. You are special. You have proven it because you have survived and you are moving forward. Anybody that can say, I came in and I was bad, I was fighting and everything else. But then I went to church, and I made a decision. You made a decision based on other people's joy. Mm-hmm. That says a lot about you. You took control of your own destiny. And to tell other kids to write down their goals, I'm proud of you. 
very proud of you. And I'm, you Thank have you. done a very good job. Thank you are you. awesome, love, logical mom. Thank awesome. you. You know, and every child's not as, not as fortunate to have a home like yours, you know, and I have a huge heart for love logical parents within the fostering community that's truly in it for the right reason, and that is to shape the life of a child in a positive direction. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is proof right here. She about to go to college. Yeah. About to go to college and mature enough to say I may not be ready mm-hmm. to stay on campus. Right. I love it because my daughter can't wait. She, <laughs> I had to beg her to apply someplace in Michigan because she's like, oh, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. Mm-hmm. Yes. But life is life is is what you make it. You're going to make mistakes and everything else. But you just you pick up dust off and keep on going. Yeah. So, Miss Kathleen, what are um, what are your goals once once our girl Tarika, no, just <laughs> <laughs> once Tarika goes to college, mm-hmm. are you going to? Is she gonna have to give up her room for a little bit and just you know, or are you gonna continue to have more kids come in? Because how many children are you licensed for? Uh, two. You licensed for two. Mm-hmm. And then you have three mm-hmm. that you, you know, you have four, three that you've three adopted, mm-hmm. three that you've adopted. Can you see adopting your current son if the opportunity presented itself? Um, she is a um, girl. She's mm-hmm. um, older. So um, if it was an opportunity, I probably would. But one of the things that I do is we have a conversation before I take a foster child in or or I adopt, do any of that, mm-hmm. because a lot of times she has a responsibility, you know, she takes on that responsibility where I'm at work. So we have that conversation. So in my mind, I'll have foster children, adoptive children, probably for the rest of my life, you know. Um, however, she would be a big part of that to see, you know, are you okay mm-hmm. with us having, you know, that or whatever. Um, I love it. And that's right, because you have the child that you have now mm-hmm. is, is older. How yeah. do you like having an older sibling in the house with you? It's cool. She's fine. She's a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has she changed a lot since she first came? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you played a big role in that. Mm-hmm. You played a big role in that. You know, you might want to consider giving some tips to the parents on what they can do to make a child's life easier when they come in. Mm-hmm. Would you like to share that? We got five minutes. So would you like to give some tips to the parents who are taking in children through the fostering system? What can they do to make it easier for those children coming in? They can give them a little space, not a lot, but make, like tell them, not tell them, Give them space to adapt to how your household is. Don't make them do what you want them to do because it can be a lot of pressure. So just let them go with the flow, see how things are, and if it works out, then it works out. And if you think it's not the right child, 
don't send them back. Try to shape them into a better person so they can appreciate where they're at because a lot of times they might not want to be there because it's not home or it's different rules. Just let them adapt to how it is by themselves. And you can help a little bit, but don't pressure them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what if they come in fighting and all of that stuff? What should they do then? They should take them to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and just bring them around people that are caring so they can know that people care about them and that they, they don't have to fight and be mean all the time because they know that people are on their side and they want them to get better so they won't fight or do this or that and be bad because they'll know that it's people that actually love them. So they show them some love and be patient. Mm-hmm. They need acceptance. And you're saying don't send them back. So if they're doing the wrong thing, try to work with them. And I'm going to add to that by saying don't call them bad. Mm-hmm. Don't say negative things. Try to be more positive when, when handling the children. And don't threaten to send them back. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you're being tested. You're being tested to find out if you are going to send them back, right. you know, if you truly want them, you know, because kids that have been moved from one home to another, just being out of their home, it is an adjustment period. It is. And it's a matter of loving them, you know, and I love right. the fact that you take the time to talk to them and, and help them through the process. I think that's right. awesome. Do you can you see yourself becoming a foster parent as an adult? Maybe. Maybe. You can say <laughs> no if you want to. I want you to be honest. But maybe? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that you'd be a great love logical parent in any way because you're right now you're an awesome love logical sister, love logical daughter, you know, and that makes a huge difference. Because you have that heart. And I'm glad that you understand the concept that DNA, DNA not required. So we have to wrap up here tonight. Kathleen, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming out tonight. I appreciate Mm -hmm. both of you. And thank you. You're welcome. Tarika. No, (laughs) Tarika. You get that a lot, don't you? Tarika, yep. Thank you, Tarika. I appreciate you and your wisdom and being brave enough to come on here tonight. And I want to thank all of you for listening and, you know, consider becoming a foster parent. If you have the room in your home um, or if you're out there and you're wanting to adopt, consider foster to adoption because it does make the process a lot easier um, and that you get to know the child. You get to know the child. You get to know the child's mannerisms and things like that. And if your personalities mesh. Mm -hmm. So it all makes a difference. And you heard it from the young lady's mouth herself as far as what you can do to make it easier through that transition. So good night, everyone. And as I say, Love Logical is biological by nature, Love Logical by choice, DNA not required. Good night.